0: And though the, tonight's lesson will be something that is applicable to all, I kind of wanted to gear our lesson to something that would uh, be of interest to our young people. Uh, in fact, some of the things I'm going to talk about tonight, you probably have no clue about what I'm talking about, uh, but our young people perhaps will. In fact, um, I'm even going to make this a little interactive. I'm going to ask you some things, and if you want to know the answer of it, just raise your hand and I'll call on you. don't want anybody to blurt out at once, but... Uh, uh, I want to share some things with you tonight and see if you can help me out with it a little bit. Um, Back in 2001, a movie series began uh, that was three movies in all, and it was called The Lord of the Rings, the movie trilogy. And um, I'm sure some of our older folks don't remember this, but our younger folks do remember The Lord of the Rings, the movie. Tammy was telling me this morning that um, that was one, one of her favorite movies now and that she watches the, uh, the DVDs over and over again. But, of course, the movie was directed by Peter Jackson, and he got a lot of notoriety because of this particular movie, and it was, of course, based on um, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. And the um, interesting thing about this particular movie It was three different movies, but they filmed the movies, all three of them, back to back. In other words, you didn't have a movie come out and wait a little while and start filming another one. Uh, They filmed all three of them in an eight-year period, all in the land of um, New Zealand. And um, the cost of the three movies together was over $330 million to make it. And, of course, that is a lot of money. But those three movies went on to be, become some of the highest-grossing film series of all time. So they made their money back over and over again. In fact, the final film in the series, which was entitled The Return of the King, won all of its 11 Academy Award nominations, and including Best Picture, which had it tied with two other notable movies from history, Ben-Hur and Titanic. And so... Um, movie that did extremely well. Well, the basic premise of the movie, and I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail because um, it has too many hard names and too many fantasies and fictional stuff, but basically it's the story of a guy by the name of Frodo Baggins. And um, he's on a journey or quest and trying to escape, and he's always running around uh, dealing with different things he's dealing with. But one of the things in the movie and one of the things that made the first movie so popular was the fact that uh, as he gets separated from fleeing some goblins or some goblins chasing him, it shows you what kind of story this is, there's some goblins chasing him. And as he's fleeing from them, he ends up in the caves of the goblins and he runs into a weird little creature by the name of Gollum. And uh, for those of you who remember the movie, you remember how that um, there was this ring uh, that Gollum called his precious but tonight I want you to think about uh, the fact that the only way that Gollum would help him is if he would win a riddle contest. Uh, basically, um, um, actually it was Bilbo that went into the, I'm trying to think, it was Bilbo that went into the cave, right? Okay, thank you, Michael, I don't here to say it. Um, it was Bilbo Baggins that went into the cave, it shows you how much I remember, and Bilbo and Gollum had a uh, riddle contest. And I'm I'm going to get to a point of a religious nature here in just a minute, but I thought it would be interesting for our young people to see uh, how much they remembered about the different riddles, because they are interesting riddles. The riddles come from J.R. Tolkien, not from the movie. In fact, in the movie, they didn't do all the riddles in the actual movie uh, production. Uh, But what I want to do is, and I'll, I'll be getting to a point in just a minute, but I want to share with some of the riddles they shared and see if you know the answer to them. And if you do know the answer to them, because you've seen the movie many times or you've read the book, um, raise your hand and I'll call on you. And if you're wrong, we'll just laugh at you. No, we won't. Um, But anyway, the first riddle that Gollum told in the cave was, What has roots as nobody sees is taller than the trees. Up, up it goes, and yet it never grows. What is it? The mountain." That's the answer. It's a mountain, and so Bilbo Baggins returned with this riddle: Thirty white horses on a red hill. First they champ, then they stamp, and then they stand still. You gonna you gonna let him answer all of them? Anybody else know? Oh, okay. What's the answer, Caleb? Teeth. You think about it. That's what it is. So Gollum fires back. He says, voiceless it cries, wingless flutters, toothless bites, mouthless mutters. Okay, hey, let me know this one. Uh, Michael knows this one. The wind. And you think about it, voiceless it cries, wingless it flutters, toothless it bites, and mouthless it mutters. So Bilbo responded back, An eye in a blue face saw an eye in a green face. That eye is like to this eye, said the first eye, but in a low place, not in a high place. That wasn't in the movie, I don't think, so that makes it tough. <laughs> you, you had to have read the book to know that one. Well, think about it again. An eye in a blue face, saw an eye in a green face, that eye is like to this eye, said the first eye, but in a low place, not in a high place. So you got an eye and a blue face, you got an eye and a green face, and both of the eyes are alike, but the first eye said something, but the person he said it, the, the eye that it said it to, was in a lower position. What do you think? Uh, uh, well, you're getting close. The. Anybody else? Anybody else? What do you think? You're getting close too. The answer is the sun. The sun is the one in the blue face. You see the blue sky. You got the sun in it. And it's looking back at the earth, who is a green place. And uh, both of them are are spheres, but one is lower than the other. That makes sense? Okay. I didn't write this. J.R. Token did, so don't fuss at me. All right. It cannot be seen, cannot be felt, cannot be heard, cannot be smelt. It lies behind stars and under hills and empty holes it fills. It comes first and follows after, ends life, kills laughter. All right, I'll try it one more time, then I'll give you the answer. It cannot be seen, cannot be felt can't be heard, it can't be smelled, but it lies behind stars, there's a key word, and under heels, and empty holes it fills. It comes first and follows after, ends life, kills laughter. The answer is the dark. Okay, now this one was in the movies, you might know this one. A box without hinges, key, or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. And that's all he said. That was Bilbo. He said, A box without hinges, key, or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. It's the incredible edible egg. Yeah, the golden treasure is the yolk. Ah. Once again, I didn't write these, these aren't made. Alive without breath, as cold as death, never thirsty, ever drinking, all in mail, never clinking. Alive without breath. This is something that breathes that doesn't have a breath. It's as cold as death. It's never thirsty because it's always drinking. And mail, it says all in mail, never clinking. Mail, if you don't... If you understand, it was a type of armor that was connected together. Yes? Trees? No, no trees. We already had a tree one. I think we did. I can't remember. Anyway, no, not trees. All right, let me help you out here. Is there anything alive on this earth that's alive but doesn't breathe? That's a mammal. I mean, that's that's a living creature, not a tree. What? Fish? Somebody say fish? That's the answer. Fish, they don't breathe because they're in water. If you've ever been in, I know Roger has been, been in water, it's pretty cold down there where the fish is. And they're never thirsty. Why? Because they always got water going through their gills. And the male, uh, the armor it's talking about is the scales of the fish. So It makes more sense. Um, This one, I'll be honest with you, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But since it was in the book, I thought I'd share it with you. No legs lay on one leg. Two legs set near on three legs, four legs got some. I don't know how they, where that one even came from, but here's the answer. Answer: There's three answers. No legs on one leg is a fish on a table. Two legs set near on three legs is a man on a stool, and four legs got some means the cat gets the scraps. And I guess you can picture that if there's a fish that's on a table and the guy is cutting it up that's sitting on a stool and what falls on the ground the cat gets to eat. But that's the weirdest riddle of all. But that brings me to his last riddle, Gollum's last riddle. In fact, if you looked at the newsletter today, uh, the title of the night's lesson was Gollum's Riddle. And this is one I want us to think about because this one that should have should affect us all if we're very carefully uh, thoughtful about it. But here's his last riddle. And probably a lot of people know this one because this was a famous one in the movie. This thing, all things devours birds, beasts, trees, flowers, gnaws iron, bites steel, grinds hard stones to meal, slays kings ruins towns, and beats high mountains down. What is it? Time. Time. And what he says here, even though this book is a fantasy and and these particular riddles were clever, but that is something that is very true. Think again about what it's saying. Think about how time does this. This thing all things devours, whether it be a bird whether it be a beast, whether it be a tree, whether it be a flower. It has the capacity to gnaw into iron. It has the capacity to bite into steel. It can even grind a very hard stone into meal or into dust. And time certainly will slay a king, and time will certainly ruin a town. And given enough time, time will even beat a mountain down. Today in the car as we were coming home from church, um, Katie was reading me some things off of her phone that have to do with time, and she had no clue I was going to be talking about this tonight, so it's kind of coincidental or providential, but what, what were you reading off of, Katie? What was the site? you remember? Oh, was it BuzzFeed? Okay. But she was making all these comparisons about how much time has passed and how we take for granted Uh, When something happened, how much time has passed between when it actually happened and and then again how all time was relative. And I wish I could remember all the things she was telling me on the way home. Do you remember any of them, what you said, Katie? What was one of them? Okay. Well, that kind of shows you the comparison of time that uh, from the time that the Grand Pyramids, where Cleopatra lived, When they were built and she was born, it's actually closer to the time to the invention of the iPhone when you look at the grand scheme of time. My point is that time, when you get right down to it, is relative. Um, Time's always passing, and sometimes it passes so quickly, or maybe sometimes it passes so slowly that we don't even pay attention to it. Uh, Another discussion we had in the car on the way home today was the fact that uh, the older you get, the quicker time passes. And I may mention to her that for some reason, once you have children, boy, time just starts moving. It's just like all of a sudden you blink and just so much time has passed. Um, as the song says, time moves with swift trans- transition. But the point of this poem and the thing that, or this riddle and the thing that I want to make sure we appreciate tonight, and this applies to all of us, but I also wanted it to apply to our young people. Because I know when I was young, I thought I had all the time in the world. It it seemed like I had so much of my life ahead of me that, man, it was just amazing. I got all these years ahead of me. But all of a sudden, you look around, and you're no longer a teenager. You're in your 30s, and then you turn around again. You're no longer in your 30s. You're in your 50s. And then you turn around again, and like myself, it won't be long I'm going to be 60. Time passes by so very quickly in a blink of an eye. But the thing that we need to appreciate is that time destroys. As time passes, time destroys. Now, it doesn't destroy literally. It's not not the clock on the wall or the clicking of of a timepiece that causes something to destroy. But as time passes by, the natural elements of this life decay. And as was brought out in the And the riddle, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you are, eventually, if enough time passes, you're going to be destroyed. And especially when we think about ourselves, uh, we need to think about the fact that um, we may think we have all the time in the world right now, especially if we're a young person. And you do have a good long life ahead of you, but that long word long is just a relative term. It really doesn't mean a whole lot. And so... We can drive through a town and we can see a brand new structure that's so bright and shiny, but if we come through that same town ten years later, that building will show all kinds of decay. Or we might drive through a farm and see a bright red barn, and we drive by that same barn a couple years later, and it'll start to be uh, tearing down. Uh, Time eventually causes all things to, to be destroyed. Well, in fact, let's read the passage that was read for us a few moments ago. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse, verse 24 and 25. 1 Peter chapter 1, 24 and 25. Notice the point that the Apostle Peter makes. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The, glass, the grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Now, two very important points are made there. First of all, everything that is of material nature in this life, because of time, is eventually going to be destroyed. Regardless of what it is, it's going to be destroyed. Everything that's created is one day going to be destroyed, even if it takes to the time when Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, it's going to be destroyed. And regardless of our age, how old we are now, one of these days we're going to come to the conclusion that time is going to ravish this body and and that's going to be the end of it. And so what Peter says in the first part of this verse is so correct when he says all flesh is like grass and even the very best part of man is like the flower of grass. But guess what? The grass withereth. And then he makes the point that mankind or the flower in the story falls away. But there's a second point made here. There's one thing that lasts forever. And that is the Word of God. And the Word of God, of course, stands for eternity. And so it can be kind of depressing when we see the effect of time on everything around us, even on our own bodies. But there is something that lasts forever. And that's the Word of God. That's the power of God. That's eternity. In fact, it's the very Word of God that's preached to you that can save you as the rest of the text goes on. But now with that in mind, look at another passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1. Here's why if we are in a right relationship with God, we don't need to worry about the ravishes of time, regardless of what Gollum may say. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, King James Version says tabernacle. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, this tabernacle, this body that houses our soul is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. In other words, if we have obeyed the word of God, which endureth forever, then we don't have to worry about the decay of this body, this tent that houses our soul, this tabernacle. But instead, we know that one day God is going to give us a permanent body, a body that is an eternal body, a body that is incorruptible. We'll all be like supermen, superwomen, if you will. But the key is that we understand and appreciate the fact that Time is passing by, and our only hope is in the Word of God. So let me leave you with one final verse. This also is found in 2 Corinthians, just a few verses earlier, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Paul reminds us this. If everything I've said tonight is true, he says, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. A book that is silly in a lot of ways because it's just full of fantasy, it's not real. But even in weird little fantasy books, there's some truth. And it brought out the truth that God's Word wants you to understand tonight. And that is that this life is temporary. Time will eventually take care of this life and our life here on this earth will end. So it's very important, regardless of what age we are, Regardless of how much time we think we have, that we need to understand and appreciate that this life is just like the grass in the field that dies and withers away. But the most important thing is being in a right relationship with God because we want to have a house that's not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. If you have a need this evening, won't you come as together we stand and sing.